Good morning. Welcome to worship. It's good to be in God's house together today on this beautiful summer Sunday. Let's remember this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Rockford Johnson. It's a joy to serve as senior pastor here along with all of you. We're glad to welcome Pastor Wendy, our senior associate, back among us. She's been in Chile for a month, and we're glad you're back, Wendy. <clears throat> as we gather today, of course, we're passing the connection pads. Leave us your name, please, today. And if this is your first time with us as a guest, or maybe not even the first time, we have this Connect welcome card in the pew racks, and we invite you to complete one of those and leave it with one of us. We also have um, coffee with the clergy in the library, so out these doors and down, straight down the hallway a ways. And uh, we'll be doing that right after uh, the services today, so we invite you to that. If you have prayer concerns or celebrations you want to share with us, do those on our website, mcfarlandumc.org, prayer request button on the front page, or uh, use that card that's in the, the care card that's in the pew, and we appreciate you helping us pray with you. We have a new series coming up as we launch into the fall, the end of summer, fall, next Sunday, August 14, we begin a series of sermons and worship called Love Is. We'll be exploring 1 Corinthians 13, that famous chapter about love. So we have several components. Love Is, a sermon series in worship. Love Does is a book we're using in, for curriculum in small groups in Sunday school and at-home study. And then we have Love Feeds. And so we're encouraging people to bring snacks for the school, no peanuts, of course, and uh, help us provide all those snacks uh, as a love feeds kinds of emphasis. And then I'll be teaching a special course called Love Examines to examine Scripture and examine um, some of the teachings about human sexuality. And we'll probably have some conversation about the denomination, but we're going to be focused on Scripture. And so I hope you'll come and be a part of that during Sunday school for six weeks stretched over seven because we're skipping Labor Day. And then I'll teach the same thing on Monday at noon here at the church. And so you can choose which one of those works for you. I want to introduce our guest preacher today. I'm excited glad and blessed to have among us today Reverend Elizabeth Horton Ware. She began as the executive director and campus pastor at the Oklahoma University Wesley Center uh, this summer. So she's just beginning there. She has a deep sense of calling to campus ministry. Uh, she's been in a part of that now for several years. She comes to us having served at Oklahoma City University um, and six years there, and then before that at Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford as campus pastor, campus minister pastor there uh, for some years. And before that, she also served in youth ministry and as an associate pastor. And uh, her, her father was a pastor, and her grandfather was a pastor, and uh, her grandfather was in my church in Chickasha. We had a great time together there. She's married to Eric Ware, a high school math teacher at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City, a 2003 graduate of the University of Oklahoma, who also was in the marching band. And uh, he earned um, 
He studied meteorology and then earned a degree in atmospheric science from Cornell University. They have one daughter, Sadie, Sadie Jane. She's a fourth grader at Cassidy. And they have a rescue dog named Molly B, so that'd be Molly Beware. So I'm just excited that she's at OU and that she's here to preach to us today. She's ordained. Uh, she was ordained in 2011 as an elder in the United Methodist Church. She did her uh, undergraduate work at Oklahoma City University and then uh, seminary at Candler School of Theology in Atlanta. We're glad you're here, Elizabeth. We look forward to hearing you today. Let's stand to sing our first hymn together, number 715, Rejoice, the Lord is King. join together in our responsive reading that is found in the bulletin. God comes to us in the presence of those we encounter day to day, in the hearts and the eyes of those we meet, and in the stories of faith we hear when we listen. God meets us as we love others as God loves them, sharing grace and mercy freely as we continue to become the people God created us to be. God is with us every moment of every day, everywhere and right here, in every way we can imagine. 
Look around and see the beauty of the presence of God. may be seated. Let us pray. Our eternal and loving God, we've come together out of our homes and places of work and out of experiences we've had over the last week and the last month, over the summer. We've come together with things on our hearts and minds about the future, excitement or dread, questions and confidence. And we've come into this place and we've gathered with people that you love and we love and we're here to open ourselves to you in your presence, to be confronted by your spirit, to be comforted by your grace. Out of our great variety we've come together because we know that in you we may indeed find exactly what each of us most needs. Forgive us because there's ways that we are not attentive and not intentional and not really wanting uh, to be confronted by you. And yet we've come and so speak to us today. As we sing, as we offer you our lives, open up our hearts, let you see what our wanting and our will is. Come to us and fill us and inspire us. As we think about the world and all that's going on in the world and all that's being said about what's going on in the world, we pray for your wisdom bright and clear as a hot summer sun. And for the things that trouble us and cause us anxiety, that stir in us negativity and reaction, we pray, we pray that your grace would rain down upon us like a cool, refreshing change of seasons, 
like showers of blessing that fall and cause us to flourish once again. And so we offer you ourselves. We invite you deep into our lives. Speak to us today. Hear our prayers. Come close. In the name and the way of Jesus, amen. Church, please stand and take out the smaller faith we sing, turning to hymn 2158, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, hymn 2158. may be seated. Uh, it is wonderful to be back with you uh, after being on a spiritual renewal leave for three weeks in Chile. And uh, while my family and I were there, we served in four Methodist churches and 
two Methodist schools in the northern part of the country, and I look forward to sharing more about uh, our experience with you. But while we were there and talking with the principals of the school, they talked about their mission of transforming lives so that they could transform their community and their country. And I said, oh, like you're changing lives that change the world. And they said, yes, exactly. And I said, that sounds familiar. Um, so for me, it was a great reminder of how we are so connected as the one body of Christ, no matter where we are in the world, even when we don't know maybe that there are even Methodists in Chile. We are all connected across boundaries, across nations, across cultures, across languages. Our God is an amazing God who is at work everywhere. And so I am so grateful to be a part of this church where we are about changing lives that change the world, where we are part of this one great body of Christ with this mission of sharing the good news of God's salvation. And so let us give today to support what God is doing in ministry here in this place and around the world. And so may our offerings be blessed.
You may be seated. The scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 41. Now every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for that festival. When it was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. So thankful to be with you all today. Um, it is such an honor to be invited to share the message with the people of McFarlane. Thanks to my friend um, and your pastor, Rockford, for making space today. I also am just delighted to be the new executive director, campus pastor at OU Wesley. Um, College students have long been my passion and my calling, and to be gifted and called and um, believed in has challenged me to look to God and to um, strengthen my relationship with the Spirit in this time. And I cannot wait for the students to be back. Y'all may have different feelings than Norman, but... I am glad. So today we started our time in leadership at the altar. So my story actually began there too, interestingly enough. An encounter of God where I too knelt at the altar in a very unique space in our Christian faith. In this time at the altar, I was overwhelmed, tears beginning to run down my face, not out of sadness or hurt, but just like, I cannot believe where I am. I cannot believe the stories 
are real. I cannot believe this is possible. And in there at the altar, some sort of gut feeling said, stay. It's all right to feel overwhelmed. It's all right to let tears fall. It is all right. It was holy ground. Now, there have been other times I've been brought to the altar. Um, a marriage. My husband and I were married in, our, in the church we met in. My daughter's baptism, a different church setting, but it was made holy by her and by um, a whole list of pastors. You mentioned some of them that are part of our family and friends. The altar of ordination, where the hands are placed upon you and said, take your authority. But this one was a little bit different. You see, uh, not... Not o over a month ago, I've, I haven't been back a month from the, a trip to the Holy Lands. I went with a group of women primarily um, from a group called Capify that I've worked with over the years. I went with them. There's about, there's 10 of us that went, one man, all the rest women. And so we did a lot of visits in that space that were related to stories of women, including this one that I was in and overwhelmed in. It's called the Basilica of Annunciation. And this is the, the place that, is, that history says, this is where Mary was invited to carry Jesus. She was invited to be part of the story of who Jesus is by being his mother, by birthing him into the world. And there in that moment, this mother... <laughs> This 40-year-old woman, this pastor, teacher, friend, wife, felt very close to our Holy Mother of Jesus, Mary. The, as you travel the Holy Lands, you will find that uh, people see the holiness through generations and generations, millennia, right? So the church of, or the basilica of, let me call it the correct name. Basilica of Annunciation was built in 1969 or finished then. So it's a relatively new building, very modern in its aesthetic. But inside this Basilica of Annunciation are the remnants of a church built in the 1100s by crusaders from Europe. 1100s. I mean, that's a thousand years ago. And inside this church that was built by crusaders is another one built in the 500s, right? So now we're, we're going back and back. And inside this church that was built in the Byzantinian era is what was probably a shrine or a synagogue, an early house church for the Christians with, with evidence that had been there since the year 200. And the house probably even longer. That's almost Jesus' time. Or maybe even, right, in fact, held Mary's home when she was called to bear Jesus. 
a woman, a girl, invited to be part of God's good plan. And it's scriptures like this that um, your pastor Rockford has read. Mary was very much a mother when Jesus all of a sudden goes missing. They have walked a day from Jerusalem and they cannot find him. And uh, as I can imagine, almost any parent would feel that, is, that would be so frustrating and overwhelming and a bit scary. You see, they've left Jerusalem, which is the most populated space, in, and it's even more populated because there's been pilgrims from all over. It's been a high and holy day and season in Jerusalem. And they trusted Jesus to walk back with his friends, and instead they, they find he did not. And so they take the journey back to Jerusalem and, and find him in the temple. It kind of starts a theme. Well, or continues the theme started at his birth, that Jesus is not where he is intended to be. He is not found in all the right places. He is defying expectations even before he starts his ministry. I told you I'm a mom. And my story of childbirth is, uh, is a story of encountering a baby in an unexpected place. We very much wanted to be parents. And our story of becoming parents starts off very much like everybody else's. A pregnancy test, a celebration, telling all of our family. We were so excited. And we prepared ourselves in the summer of 2012 for a baby in March 2013. March baby, just in time for spring break. Good job, teacher dad, you're going to have time off. So in November of 2012, when I was told I was going to have a baby the night of the 13th, November, two hours from when I was told a baby was coming, it was not what I expected. We had not even started the nursery. We had been waiting to tell our parents till Christmas what we were going to name our baby girl. We... Um, we were not ready. But I had become very sick with what, we, what they call HELP syndrome. And it was necessary for me to deliver her that night. Sadie was born at 24 weeks, two days. And she weighed one pound. And she lived in the NICU for the next 99. You know, there had been so much early early awe and wonder that my body could house this baby and this new expectation, new thought and process was, what have I done wrong? I think that's very normal in emergency situations like that. The hope and expectation of months to prepare for her and to prepare my ministry that I loved so dearly had all transitioned to emergency mode. Figure out how to care for her, to stay beside her, to walk and live in another place. At this point, we were living in Weatherford. I didn't go home for more than 24 hours 
and that whole time. My, my story of motherhood is not what I expected. Yet, I had to start to look at it and say, God, where are you? And there was some really clear moments really quickly. That night, we were told her chances were at half. I mean, a one-pound baby at 24 weeks? We were told that she'd have, have um, a long stretch ahead if she did to survive. And that was true. And then we were told that her life may be more difficult. And in there, in those moments, I remember thinking, thinking in my head, to baby, right? Talking to little girl in my tummy. But as I have reflected back, those are prayers too. Okay, baby girl, you and I are going to make it together. That's not just to the little girl I'm carrying, it's to God who carries us both. Or my very desperate plea as they wheeled us into the delivery room, God, please, I just want to wake up. And as I looked back on those moments and those days, I thought to myself, the three miracles, the night of her birth, she is a miracle. I mean, I already knew she was. Mamas know that. Daddies know that. Grandmas know that. Friends know that. You do not have to carry a baby to know there is miracle in life. But I also became to really appreciate the miracle of medicine. Isn't it a miracle? It carried her through. And one of the biggest moments is when, uh, when she had to have surgery. And she's a pound and a half, and they, they like, cut into her, and they did it. I mean, like, I can't even fathom, right? Like, the miracle. And they'd been doing that surgery called a PDA ligation for 30 years by the time she was born. I thought all the cool stuff happened just now. Okay, that's kind of a joke. So that's my story of finding her in unexpected ways, finding God in her life. But I'll tell you one of the biggest ways in which we encountered the goodness of God is by the church. Now, we've shared already, I'm a preacher's kid. My grandfather was still alive at that time. I'd grown up in churches across Oklahoma, and I was shocked by how many prayer blankets, prayer cards, prayer chains we were on. I was shocked by how many snacks came to our room, how many baby clothes were delivered. I was shocked by um, the desire to fill up our whole nursery. God's church showed up for, for us and for me in really beautiful and life-giving ways. And some of my sweetest moments came from my students, who they themselves would regularly make cards out of paper and markers as they prayed for us every week at worship. So Mary herself, she encounters Jesus. She encounters the holy in very unexpected ways. This scripture, chapter 2, 
is full of several stories. We just now read of the story in Jerusalem where he um, wanders off, or he does not wander off. He's very intentional. He, they believe he has wandered off. But their other stories include where um, people come to visit. The, the angels tell the shepherds, go and see Jesus. And the shepherds come to Jesus, and they encounter him, and it tells us in that scripture that Mary contemplates these things, ponders them, wonders about them in her heart. And then they have a story where just as a baby, Mary and Joseph take him to the temple to be dedicated, and it tells of two elderly people who find him and encounter him. And there, in the end of their lives, received the promise that they would encounter the Messiah before they died. Anna and Simeon's life is changed by a mere babe. And no wonder Mary has much to contemplate. And then, of course, this story. Mary and Joseph cannot find him. He is not where he is supposed to be. Friends, it doesn't take long to follow Jesus, to know that Jesus will show up in our lives in the places we do not expect him. For me, it may have been a hospital room that was darkened to care for a a preemie baby, but it's also been, as I have helped to be in ministry with the poor and homeless, or young people who don't know Jesus yet. Or I'm impressed time and time again when I hear stories of others who encounter Jesus in the most broken of spaces, in ministry with people who are incarcerated or addicted, people who are in ministry with those on the streets, people who are in ministry with politicians. Because even Jesus even shows up there despite our disbelief that he can be present. Jesus will encounter us where Jesus intends us to be. And that is most often outside the church. He calls us forward. But I've already told you, I think returning to the altar again and again is substantial to who we are and who we're called to be as Christians. Making time to be in church gives us a place to return and reflect, a place to be strengthened and sent out. We're intended to be here, and if we listen, we will find the living God. But not to be kept in this building, not to be kept in this space, not to be kept for ourselves, Because Jesus is already there. There is no place in the world that is God-forsaken. Go out and meet him. And be surprised at where you find him. As I was preparing for this sermon, the first time I gave it, I did as much research as I could about the 
the Basilica of Annunciation. There was something that our tour guide said that like stuck with me and I just, I wanted to share it, but I wanted to have just a little more evidence, um, right? That's probably good for someone who, um, well, who helps coach people studying and getting a degree. I'm, I'm gonna show them that you gotta study, you gotta find your extra sources. So I went online and looked at their website, and I looked up just as much as I could, and I couldn't find the one detail I was looking for. But I found myself very surprised. So here I had been at this beautiful church, the Basilica of Annunciation, and, uh, and one of the things I found is in Nazareth, where we were, there's been a variety of sites found in the last 20 years that they start to dig them up, and they don't have the long traditions of being a place where Mary saw or received her call to carry Jesus, but, uh, but they're old, and so all they have is the start of speculation. And one place in particular, they, um, they started to, to unearth it and to study it about 15-ish years ago, and it, all the signs is that it dates back to similar time periods as the church down the street, the house under the church in the ruins. But that it too has remains of, of a basilica of a large, older, a large, newer, but still very old church, about the 5th, 5th 6th century, um, built over over the house, and in fact, it's even larger than what is at the Basilica of Annunciation, meaning that it probably was more important. Okay, so it doesn't have long history, but it has really great evidence that this is significant. And one of, one of, um, one of the archaeologists and scriptural professors who's been in work there He's made a really interesting hypothesis that it is a church that has been long hidden that was known as the Church of Nurturing. And it was built over the house that they believe Jesus was raised in. The, the house that Jesus was raised in? I mean, like, that's amazing. And as I'm looking at this story, <laughs> and I'm home by now, okay? The church is under the front porch of the hotel we stayed in. You see, I was looking for Jesus at this grand church down the street, not too far. I was looking for history, maybe 100, 200 steps away. And the possibility that Jesus' life had taken place on the front porch surprised me. And I missed it. What are we missing? Where can we encounter God? Would you pray with me? God, we are thankful that you show up to us at the altar, or in our Sunday school classes, or in our pews on Sunday mornings, if we are just open to you. 
But yet, we know you have called us to not just live our Christian faith in these walls, but to encounter you where you are in the surprising places of the world. Help us to have eyes to see you. Help us to encounter you in our work and in our volunteering, in our families, and in our daily lives. And then to take the big risks to be with those who are the most hurting and the most in need, for then we will find that they already have you in their lives. We just need to be with them to encounter you in new and beautiful ways. Amen. As we prepare to come to the table of the Lord today, I would invite you to open your hymnals to page 12. And just a reminder that this is the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not the table of the United Methodist Church, and so everyone is welcome and invited to come. We are going to begin with our invitation, and as we get to the great Thanksgiving, we will sing our responses and those sung responses are found on page 17. And so let us now hear Christ's invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. 
on the night in which he gave himself up for us. He took bread, he gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your Son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so these are the gifts of God for the people of God. We invite you to come the choir, well, we don't have choir in this service. We invite everyone to come. Come to the table. Come seeking God. Find grace and peace and wisdom in this table of love. Come.
give you our thanks, O God, for this holy meal that knits us together as your people in love for the world. May your blessings linger and carry us this day, this week, as we live and love and serve. In the name and the way of Jesus, amen. We invite you, of course, if you're among us and you're, you have questions or inquiries or you want to join the church or whatever is on your mind, uh, we're glad to speak with you about that. You can come uh, while we sing this hymn or you're, we're glad to meet you at the back and um, we will be in the library uh, after that for a little bit of a coffee with the clergy and um, you can come there even if you're not new but if you're new and seeking or have questions or whatever we invite you there as well let's stand to sing our hymn number 545 the church's one foundation
Always it's good to be together. It's wonderful to hear parts of your story and to welcome you uh, to Norman and to OU, even as you welcome us uh, to your ministry there. We're going to have a great ministry together going forward. You have a little bit of support in terms of OUs here, I think. And um, we have the chair of the board for the OU Wesley Foundation, Marianne Lawson, uh, here this morning. And uh, of course, she's a long-term member of McFarland. We have several board members over there. Uh, it's a rich heritage and a rich future together. And now may the God of all hope fill you with such joy and peace in believing that hope may abound in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.